0: Welcome to the family with obviously not Tom Bernard, your fill-in host for the day, Tevin Pittman, Dave Clish. and Andy Brant Bernard.
1: Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured
2: through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries.
1: Well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer?
3: Well, we're going back in time in a
1: way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not
3: exactly. Mm. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels. And used car prices are returning to normal.
4: So what's a 1995 Camry worth?
3: Deep sympathy. Mm. Mike, have you considered something newer?
4: I would if it came with a
1: 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was?
3: No it 's sure. major medical coverage for your car, and it 's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer.
1: I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program, of course, people really like that because it means you can
3: 't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold forty five thousand cars last year, and we took back less than a hundred
1: amazing upfront pricing a three hundred fifty thousand a mile warranty a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold forty-five thousand cars last year. To learn more, go to Walzer.com.
5: Can I add something?
4: No. Yeah, I'm the only one in the family who showed up. The right. Only
1: one of the family of the, in the on the
0: family. Right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I got, <laughs> I got a phone call late last night, and he's like, "Well,
4: nobody's showing up." And then I
0: was <laughs> like, "Okay, well, his next words are going to be shows canceled." And he's like, "So it's just me and you." And I was like, <laughs> "Absolutely. Let's, let's let's rock it out." Well,
6: then so, he then he sent me a text. He's like, "It's." just going to be me and Tevin. We're going to give it a shot. You want to yep. be on? I'm like, well, I, think well, I was thinking it's it
4: like, you know, what if you're in the middle of saying like, oh, so what do you think about this story? And then all of a sudden I get a phone call and you're just like, uh.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> Never what I like was. I going like, do I have enough to talk about to fill an hour and a half? Do I love host, the sound of my own voice A host and a producer isn't enough. <laughs> yeah. you got to have at
4: least one more person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but no, we'll, we'll make it work. So obviously we're, any of the listeners that want to call in and, and have anything to talk about, we're going to wing it for a little bit here and then we have a from Outer Banks. Um, I forget his name here. Charles Esten. Charles. There we go. Good memory. memory. So yeah, we have him coming on here at about 1120. So that'll be fun. He's been in a ton of stuff. So we're excited to talk to him. But otherwise, we have former Officer Dave Mm -hmm. in. Yep. um, Still enjoying the retirement life, I assume. It's kind of
6: weird. It feels more like a vacation
0: right now than
6: retirement. And I think somebody said it takes you like six months to realize, oh, I'm done.
0: <laughs> yeah, I say. Do you still have those like flashback moments where you're like, I see somebody breaking the law, and like you have to kind of, yeah, you know, I still, I still somebody speeds every,
6: past you, yep. and you like
4: reach over and turn on the siren. Yeah, turn
6: on the radar, hit the radar button, yep. and read every license plate that goes by. Yes, mm-hmm. and I do. Yes, yeah. I do. Oh, well, it's like
4: I remember when Dad retired, not retired, whatever. The, we don't. We still don't have a word for what he did. He stopped going to KQ. Yeah. Vacated and KQ. the first thing he did was start talking about how he's going to enjoy sleeping in. And then, what, two weeks later, he's like, I got a new morning show. It's like, yeah, that uh, didn't last too long.
6: Yeah, but for getting up at 4.30. That's true. Like it's different. For 35 it's, years. It's
4: very different. He was awake anyway, I'll guarantee it. Yep. Oh, as soon as he stopped going into cake, he was sleeping until like nine. Really? I, wow. I thought there was no way he was going to be able to sleep in after thirty something years of not ever sleeping in. But no, apparently uh, his body wanted the sleep.
0: Yeah, I was say, did he adjust his the time he goes to sleep every night? Like, does he stay up later now that he doesn't have to get up um, thing?
4: Yeah. I think the latest he can really stay up is like maybe ten. Okay, but yeah, that's still not bad. No, it's, it's not,
6: that's not like an average Heck, I'm a, <clears> I'm a quite a bit younger than your dad and i'm still doing that at 10 o'clock by 10 o'clock my eyes are shut
4: i'm worse we've been going to bed at 10 30 ish but usually we're not asleep till 11 30 yeah, yeah but yeah normally god when i met melissa i was going to bed at 3 a.m i believe that which is yeah not terribly healthy wow. well i used to we would go down to florida and we'd be there for like you know three four weeks or something like that because we had a place down there and every time I went down to Florida, my sleep cycle would slowly adjust itself, such that I would go to bed when the sun rose.
5: <laughs>
4: I cannot even imagine doing that these days. Those yeah. those
6: years of doing night shift and and stuff like that. I was fortunate enough that I was my kids were a little bit older, mm-hmm. so I could, you know, they could pretty much go to bed on their own, and so I'd go downstairs and watch TV till. 1 a.m. and then I'd go to the gym at like 1 30 and then come home and go to bed about four on days that I didn't work yeah and then the night that I before I went to work I'd stay up till six or seven to just to try to okay I'm gonna sleep till four ish and then get up and go to work tonight okay oh, mm. so glad that's over.
0: yeah so that definitely wouldn't take a, uh. a toll on you and so actually I was there just came out today it's kind of in your alley as a former officer and obviously laws in georgia are gonna be different than they are here but there was a uh, georgia football player that was racing his one of his teammates or something in a car the car ended up crashing unfortunately one of the players died yep. he fled the scene came back two hours later and like lied to the police about like where he, his involvement and kind of the whole situation and now there's a warrant out for his arrest but he's at the combine for the nfl <laughs> he's about to be like supposed to be a top like, one or two pick in the oh, NFL. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think he's coming away. out of this one. No. Yeah. No. Like, no. Is he most likely going to jail for a very long time, or is it like a very stiff fine? Like, would... it, the,
6: depending on how the judges react to it.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, probably like 5, 10 years maybe.
6: I don't think. I don't know that he'll get jail time. I mean, you look at these guys that were scooting down 394 a couple of years ago, and yeah, they're – I remember you that. Know, they just paid, like, a $500 fine, and that was it. Well, but oh, okay. the
4: guy fled the scene of uh, that's, death. That's, thing, that's, 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 it that's could, another It could thing. be considered manslaughter if the guy was still alive when he fled or something yeah. like that, or if the, if he was drunk when he was, you know, at the and, wheel.
0: Yeah, and that was the other thing was because they were celebrating their national championship parade is how Uh-oh. the night started. Yeah. And so the one guy's blood alcohol level was a. 0.197, yeah, which is like pretty double, high. Yeah, double the legal limit in Georgia.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, so that was part of the reason why. us yep.
6: See here, it would be criminal vehicular homicide. Yep. And who knows what it is? And it might be the same yeah. thing in Georgia, but um, yeah, that's you know that's a felony. That's that's a big one. That's
4: so. a, yeah, that's not a good one. And fleeing the scene of the crime makes it a lot worse, too.
0: Yeah. They, I believe he fled the scene, came back, and when they asked him about it, they were he was like, oh, I heard it from the accident from my apartment oh my down God. the street or mm. something like that. And yeah, so it sounds like a huge, huge mess. Well, and then you have like the Alabama basketball player that his teammate went to a club and was hitting on a girl. She's like not interested. He ends up getting the star basketball player to bring him his car, which happened to have a gun in it, and he shot and killed the young lady. And now, like the star basketball player is still playing in all the games because oh apparently in Alabama he can't be charged with anything for transporting a weapon. It's
4: oh, it would be all like mass. a felony. Uh, what's it called? Felony murder. Yeah. Well, the guy that Accomplice. killed her. Huh? Yeah, or like Accomplice. accomplices. Yeah. The guy that killed her obviously getting charged with like
0: capital murder, mm-hmm. whatever the highest offense is. And yeah, but the star player last last name's Miller, I believe. But yeah, he. Still playing well, I think, games. I think
6: and, down there it's like you're it's legal to drive
4: around with loaded weapons in the car. Yeah. So, so what know. state is this? Uh Alabama. does. So there's a uh there's a f- crime called felony murder which if you're committing a felony and that felony results in the death of someone even if you didn't intend it to, mm-hmm. you are that's murder. Yeah. That's it's why the it's same called here. felony yep. murder. Yeah, Minnesota has it. I don't it looks like Alabama does, but like you said, if transporting weapons isn't a felony, then it's not felony murder and right. he technically is getting off scot free. Yeah.
0: because yep. I know he played in a game like two days later and the enti- it was on the road and the entire student <clears throat> excuse me, student section was chanting like guilty, lock him up. He ended up dropping like forty one points and hitting the game winning shot, which mm, wow. <laughs> for his mental fortitude to do that mm-hmm. is pretty
4: incredible. But yeah, it's uh Oh, here's an interesting one. So in Alabama, uh, looks like transporting weapons to a murderer isn't felony murder. But if he was engaging in sodomy at the time <laughs> that would be felony <laughs> wow, murder then there, uh-huh. yeah, there are some pretty out there laws where yeah, like you
0: always sure. hear it's illegal to eat like ice cream on yeah, exactly. Sundays <laughs> like in some random state yeah, like, yeah
4: i have a feeling no one's going to jail for felony murder for sodomy but yeah. it's it is on the books technically yeah, I, mean, I think it's on the books here too, in minnesota minnesota has all sorts of i mean yeah. yeah.
0: so what are, crap. are there like weird what are weird laws that minnesota has that people wouldn't well, be
6: Minneapolis for a very long time had an ordinance you couldn't spit on the sidewalk.
4: I think they should bring that back.
0: <laughs> yeah. What, Sounds good to and me. And obviously those are things that, like, get – nobody's enforcing don't spit on the sidewalk. No, of and course things. not. Is there, are there any that are, like, ridiculous that you guys would be asked to enforce that you would be like, eh, I don't really see the point in
6: there, doing this? You know, there were always ordinances that the city fathers thought years ago were a good idea. Yeah. But drift away and uh, – most like the blue
4: laws are those still on the books? <sighs> I think they might have gotten rid of them. The no alcohol on Sunday.
6: Oh, no, that those you can. We still used to be you couldn't buy alcohol. Yeah, yeah exactly. But before Minnesota. the Super
0: yeah. Bowl, they were like we're going to
4: lose out on all this money on yeah, Super they Bowl got Sunday. Of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was a kid, yeah, blue laws were on the books. No alcohol sold on Sunday. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I went to uh, college
0: in uh, North Dakota State University, and in Fargo, like you can buy alcohol anywhere and everywhere and you, can you probably want. buy vodka at a kindergarten All right and then <laughs> moving to minnesota i was like what do you mean your liquor stores are
4: closed on <laughs> <someday?"> like, <laughs> oh yeah in florida hey, that's our, you're a yeah. good Wisconsin boy too yeah i like that yeah. there you go in florida you can buy wine at walgreens yep yeah yep. it's everywhere
6: every gas station and
4: supermarket in wisconsin has beer yeah and it's High test it's beer. It's starting not. to happen here. You see beer at uh, a gas stations. Yeah, but it's some like 3.2 3.2%. 3.
0: Yep. Yep. yep.
4: Is that near beer? Yep. The, yep. Well, it's it's kind of near beer. Kind of. I I don't, mean, I don't near, really drink beer. I'm not a Near near
6: fan. beer is no alcohol.
4: I, I should probably talk. About I thought near beer had alcohol, but it was like super low. No. Like, you know, the 1% or something like Le, that. Probably even less than that.
6: Um, you know, it's I've got friends who are teetotalers, I call them, which mm-hmm. is probably not politically correct but <laughs> they you know they drink the heineken zero zero beer non-alcohol and there's zero in it yeah um what's the point like because um, well some people taste like good. the taste yeah really? that's
5: what i was same. some people like no, i mean heineken i love no, beer no.
4: so heineken i don't i mean like guinness if guinness didn't have alcohol in it i'd drink it but yeah. i don't know things like heineken meh no yeah. i get you
0: yeah no that that was kind of the same way Before, i didn't really like beer when I first started drinking and was like, how, why would you ever drink a 0%? Mm-hmm.
4: Like, it not, doesn't taste good. <laughs> drink there, a soda. Now it's not as bad. Soda yeah. tastes better. Right. It's also 0%. Yep. Usually. <laughs> but What's that one? Four, was it Four Loco? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Four Locos.
0: Yeah, energy it drink with an, alcohol? Yeah, in oh. essentially an energy drink with yeah. Yeah, alcohol. In it. And it was like you drank one, and it, you just can say goodbye to the rest of
4: your night. You <laughs> yeah. You're drunk, but you're also, like, amped up on yep. energy drink. It's well, that's like, not a good combo. Yeah,
6: vodka, Red Bulls. It's like... Okay, you're taking the depressant oh, and the alcohol, yep. but then you're counteracting it with the Red Bull. Uh, yeah, it's like a. Uh, Your body's going,
4: what the heck are you doing to me? Well, yeah, it's like a very mild form of a uh, speedball. <laughs> Which that's, yeah, heroin and cocaine, for those who don't know. <laughs> Is that what, actually what it's called? You Speedball. That's what killed Chris Farley.
6: Chris Farley, John Belushi,
4: all John Bel- Well, John yep. Belushi, uh, Chris Farley died of the same cause of death at the same age as John Belushi. Their and careers kind of followed each other. speculation that he didn't do it on accident. Oh, yeah. interesting! I never heard that. Yeah. yeah, that would be. Well, I mean, it's such a coincidence. It is, yeah. And John Belushi was like one of Chris Farley's, you know, one of the people who got him into comedy. So it's like to die of the same thing at the same age. Because how old were they when they not died? Oh, I want to say like late twenties, maybe early thirties. Let's see here. How old was Chris Farley? Thirty-three. Because so Chris Farley, because where was he? Did he go to Stillwater High School? I believe he was born in Madison. So that's not out of the question. Or I feel like, yeah, somewhere is either in
0: somewhere in Wisconsin or somewhere in Minnesota, Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. So that's what it was in
4: 1964.
0: When I was in high school, one of like Chris Farley's former football coaches was like this big all-star well-known coach. And he came and did a, uh, like a speech to our football team. And he was telling a story about Chris Farley, how they were in the middle of some intense game, and it was raining, close game, fourth quarter. And he turns around because he hears, like, the fans laughing and cheering. And he turns around, and Chris Farley is running up and down the sideline, like, sliding through the water oh, that's on the ground. Yeah. He was like, yeah,
4: he was, knew he was going to be a comedian and a star from a very yep. young age. Yep. Yeah, he, God, he died uh, 97. Yeah, that was a long that time That was a ago. while ago. What's that, 26 years? What, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know how uh, every time we mention one of dad's favorite celebrities, he's always like, "Oh, can't believe he's been dead for 40 years or <laughs> whatever <laughs> like that." Yep. Now I'm getting to that point where <laughs> half of the people that I grew up
0: watching are dead. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, no, he was, because he had the, what was it, living in a van down by the river. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The, this, the motivational speaker. Which has started was... to make its rounds again because Is people it? are purchasing, <laughs> like, uh, oh. like big vans and turning them into these luxurious, like, campers. Yep. And so mm-hmm. for, like, it's, like, for $40,000, and it'll show a picture of him, like, you can live in a van down by the
4: river. <laughs> $40,000 van, though, that's uh, pretty good. I don't know. No, yeah, no, I mean, no could, bathroom, though. No. I guess the no, river's the bathroom. And then the you, bathroom. Still have to pay,
0: you still have to pay another, probably, like, 10000 to gut it out and put a kitchen bed electronics to pimp your ride they, yeah do the pimp my ride treatment mm-hmm. but, but yeah so well, how did your kid got um left out of the disney trip is what i'm hearing that's where everybody's he's just going too young
4: yeah year and a half he doesn't even know where he is most of the time all right he's just like he's very recently gotten to the point where he can like walk into a room and recognize it okay so it's like to you know bring him to disney world spend all that time and money on rides that he's not going to remember at all it's yeah i don't know it kind of feels like what's the point
0: yeah no that that definitely makes sense i have you ever been to disney I've never been yeah, to neither disney have. World. and it was never like a thing where i asked my parents like hey i really want to go to disney world It just never it resonated was, with me it
6: was funny because when we were kids you know we didn't have a lot of money extra money to take Big trips like that,
0: yep.
4: oh, going to you know, Disney World nonstop is a very new thing. People yeah. didn't do that forty years ago. Yeah, and it's it
6: was one of those things where, heck, I think I was twenty in my mid twenties, early twenties, something like that. Mom and Dad went to Disney World. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> by themselves was like and they just they you know mostly the Epcot and stuff like
4: that. But Epcot, I think, is probably the best part of Disney World. The rest of it is like if you're really into Disney. Or if you're a kid with that suspension disbelief, like the Peter Pan ride kind of thing. It's Mm -hmm, like when you're mm -hmm. an adult, you know. So I used to go, we used to go to Disney World every couple of years when I was a kid. And then we stopped when I was like probably 14, 15, something like that. So it was a good 20 year gap between the last time I had gone and this time. And it's like, even as a, like a young teenager, you still remember everything being a lot more real Mm -hmm. But then this time around, it's like everything is very obviously like plastic shells and foam. Yeah. (laughs) So it's a little, you know, it's really not for adults, I don't think, unless you're like reliving memories. That's right. Yeah.
0: No, it definitely is a little kids wanting to go see Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse or whatever.
4: But Epcot is a lot different because the buildings are real. Like you can actually go in the buildings. They're not just like, you know, painted on that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. And I don't know, they do a they do a good job in Epcot. So if you're going to go to Disney World, I'd say go to Epcot and go to Universal.
6: Is that is that as Disney World where that Star Wars
4: experience thing is? Yeah, that's pretty cool too. Where but they built the life-sized Be prepared line. to wait in line for two hours. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, that I could. <laughs> that would be that would be where I draw the line. Like, <laughs> like, I'm I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan in the world. I like it, but the Millennium Falcon ride once you get into the Millennium Falcon, they've basically recreated the set from the show, which is pretty cool to see. It's like, you know, you can see that chess table over there where Chewie and Han were playing chess and, you know, all the backgrounds from the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. So it's like if you're really into, especially, you know, the first three, or I don't... Are they the first three or are they the second three? Well, it depends because on if
6: you're are you going timeline yeah, order. Yeah, exactly. Or...
4: Chronologically, they're the first three, yep. but in-universe chronologically, but you know what I mean. Yep. Four through six, if you're you really go. into those movies, then I'd say it's worth going to at least once just so you can be like, oh, I'm on the actual set of the Millennium Falcon. That's cool.
0: So you guys might judge me, but I've never seen a single Star Wars Oh my, movie. Tevin,
4: get out. You're kind of that age where it's like you were too young for the old ones, but too, I don't know. You are probably like, too young for the
0: prequels too, huh? Yeah. And I feel like once like my friends would start watching it, I was like, well, I've already missed the first whatever, however many there mm-hmm. are. And I just never. Yeah. No, because I you see. were
4: born when? 92. 92. And Phantom Menace, when did that come? That was like 2001, or 1999. So you were only seven when that came out. So you, yeah. Yeah, you were you were too young for the prequel trilogy. But see, I was,
6: I was 10 when Star Wars episode
4: well, three came or four, four came out. Yeah. yeah. New Hope. Yep. Yeah, but New Hope was a really big deal. It was. I and mean, the prequel trilogies were a big deal, too. Uh, but New Hope was like, you know, they that was... shot a, fal- a false ending to... Uh, which one was it where I Am Your Father? Was that five, that was, I think? That was five, yep. That was five. They shot a false ending so that the actors couldn't spoil it for people. Yep. That's how, like, big of a thing it was. It's like, oh, we're going to trick the actors so they don't even know how the actual movie goes. Oh my! Okay, yeah. so they essentially like a, filmed
0: the real ending without telling anybody it was the real ending, but they scripted something. They else? had alter, other ones, and they the didn't
6: only, tell
4: them which one was real.
6: The only one that really knew what was going on was George, George Lucas. Lucas and um, James Earl Jones, because yep, he exactly. did the voice for Vader. They,
4: oh, okay. Oh yeah, that's the other thing: is when you're seeing Vader on screen, you're not hearing the guy in the costume. Yep. It's all dubbed. Yep. So the guy really? in the costume yep. could have been saying something else. Like, Obi-Wan killed your father or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I think was what they as said. far as we yep. know, yeah, I think Darth Vader, the guy in the costume, was saying, Obi-Wan killed your father. Yep. And so when Luke was going, that's not true, that's impossible, he was reacting to a different line. Yep. Okay. I know it's a big conspiracy. It's crazy. <laughs> Fred, I might have to start watching him now, just knowing uh,
0: the background. Yeah.
6: Honestly, Andy, would you think he should start at, at episode one and go all the way through chronologically
4: or. I like one through three, but I like them ironically because they're so dumb. Yeah. So they don't really set the tone for the rest of the movie because it's like, I don't know.
6: Yeah. And then there's something about seven, eight, and nine, too, that are just
4: a little. There's nine. There's
0: There's nine nine movies. Well,
6: actually, what? If you count the Star Wars, the solo.
0: Rogue oh, yeah. One. Rogue there's one, yeah. 11, 12 of them. Oh, okay. Now. And, then, yeah. it, that include, and then there's obviously like the Mandalorian. The, oh, the Mandalorian
6: has a fabulous
0: one. Though. Do you yeah. count the there no uh, Star digits. Wars
4: holiday special? <laughs> <laughs>
6: I actually remember watching that when it came out. That's, that's how old I am. Aired one
4: time. Yep. We'll be celebrating Life Day before you know it. Charles Esten has joined us.
0: Awesome. So we have Charles Esten from Outer Banks, as well as a ton of other things. And the first question that we have for you, well, first of all, my name is Tevin. Uh, Obviously, I'm not sure if you've talked with Tom before, but he is currently taking his grandchildren to Disney World, so Mm -hmm. he is not with us today. But um, we are going to talk a little bit about season three of Outer Banks that is coming out, that is uh, streaming on Netflix, and then hopefully dive into some other things with you as well. How are you doing today, Charles?
7: I'm doing great. It's great to be with you.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, so for anybody that hasn't seen Outer Banks, you are the villain of the series, uh, Ward Cameron, as you are essentially more or less trying to stop the children from getting the gold. Is that a good way to summarize quickly? what? Yeah, your, I guess uh, on the heels is?
7: of what we were saying, I am the Darth Vader of uh, Bob <laughs> There Bench. you go.
0: No, we uh, I haven't actually, I haven't seen much of the show, but watched the trailers, a little a refresher, and it gives off some of the we were talking with Andy it gives off some rocket power vibes as well as um, the Goonies, and then we're scrolling through and seeing that you actually were on rocket power or involved in a rocket power episode at some point in your career is that just a coincidence that that is kind of the impression that we're getting from the show and then that you had a role on rocket power or is that something that, was that is
7: a co- that is a coincidence i actually didn't have a role on it i co-wrote a rocket
4: power okay yeah it's a screenwriter
7: yeah but i yeah which is which is uh probably the only screenwriting credit that i have that was a long time ago <laughs> but my kids loved the show and i knew a, i knew a guy who was uh working with it. So he and I wrote a script and, uh, and, it, and it got on. It was, it was a thrill.
4: So on one of the trailers for The Outer Banks uh, there's a scene where they're doing like a kind of secret handshake thing and when they do the secret handshake they go woogity woogity, woogity. That is, that's That's <laughs> got to be a Rocket Power <laughs> reference, right?
7: <laughs> I had never thought about that till right now, but it almost certainly has to it's be. Gotta it's got to be. It the, it's the Rocket Power generation and Pogue's are definitely that rocket power vibe for sure, and we definitely end up on the Ivans as they did there. Uh, so uh, I think you're onto something here. I, I've I've heard the Goonies before for sure, but but um, I think you might have found another deep cut.
4: I think this might be a conspiracy as deep as the Darth Vader, you know, false <laughs> <Yeah>.
5: land thing.
7: <laughs> well, it's another line about. That's the other thing about Outer Banks about this character I play is, um, yeah, I mean, I'm the bad guy, I'm the villain, but one of the things, one of the reasons they came and asked me to do it, and one of the reasons I was thrilled to do it, is because it's more nuanced than that, and uh, and you end up sort of being conflicted and feeling for this guy you never thought you would feel for, um, which certainly happened uh, in Star Wars. Um, but um, and, and it's also, uh, the question, season three, uh, he has all the gold, he has all the money, but really he doesn't have anything in the end and and those pogue who don't have any of that stuff well they have each other so the season three question that we're sort of following up on is is there any chance for redemption is there is where does he go now that he's hit his rock bottom um and so that that was kind of interesting to me to follow as an actor
0: And getting like kind of how you're saying the villain, he's not a traditional villain. You do sort of feel for the guy. How do you prepare yourself to, one, take over a villain role? Because it's obviously not necessarily how you are as a person in real life. Is there any certain, you know, uh, I guess, tactics that you use to prepare for a role such as this? And then do you anticipate in the as people start to watch season three, do you anticipate getting more like hey we don't see you as a villain anymore or do you feel like people will still see you as a villain as they watch season three
7: well what you're always out for as an actor is that they can open their ideas of what they see you as um there was a time when i was on whose line is it anyway that um uh, i had to fight with the fact that um people maybe couldn't see me as a dramatic actor and uh and then you just keep slowly chipping away at that no pun intended because <laughs> that's my name chip but um I slowly but surely, with enough small roles, they started to see me as a dramatic actor, and I got to play this guy Deacon Claiborne on the show Nashville. Um, Mm -hmm. That guy ended up being not a troubled guy and went through some hard stuff, but ultimately a very good guy. So, yeah, then you're battling against, oh, you're a a good guy. You can't play a bad guy. Um, But thank goodness these creators of Outer Banks, Josh and Jonas Pate and Shannon Burke, They knew that that would be a good head fake. And they also knew that maybe they want their bad guy to have some heart and humanity. Um, By now, I think people can accept me as a bad guy. So I'm just, you know, interested in whatever else they might be willing to see me as and and see what that that next role is. Um, That's that's the fun part of being an actor is just trying to show as many facets of your humanity as you can.
0: Yeah, and being obviously Nashville is a wildly successful show. Do you get recognized more for Nashville or for Outer Banks at this point?
7: It's funny. It's it's a real it's a real um, it's, a, it's a game I play where it's, uh, when you see that recognition in the eyes and they they're either pointing or they're looking at you. I. I I try to figure out – I try to guess which – whether some people, it goes all the way back to whose line is it anyway. A lot of people grew up on that with their families Mm -hmm. or now watch it on YouTube even. Um, uh, But then there's definitely that contingent that knew me uh, from that. I was on The Office uh, for about eight episodes, and that was so huge that there's a contingent that that's what it's from. I've gotten a little bit good at guessing. Oh, and then the one last one, there's another one, too. A lot of the Outer Banks fans talk about Rocket Power. That where There was a Disney show that came later that was for younger kids that was called Jesse. And I was the father on Jesse. So a lot of the same kids that are loving Outer Banks go, wait a second, you were the dad on, on that as well. <laughs> so it, it, when, when you do this long enough and you've been as fortunate as I have, there's a, there's a whole bunch that they could choose from. Um, and I don't, I don't, I love hearing each and every one of them it's somehow, you know, connected to them in their lives. And, and you can tell it's from a good place of memory. Um, I'm happy for that.
6: Oh, yeah. Well, I, uh, Charles this is Dave. Um, just kind of f- helping fill in here today. Um, I see you, you actually spent some time on actually on the stage at the grand old Opry. And so you got a pretty successful, uh, music career also.
7: Uh, Well, that's been one of the most amazing things about the Nashville experience for me. I've been a musician my whole life, you know, was always singing and writing as a kid and then went to college and did the college band thing. And that went so well that I hung around the next year after college just to do that. Ended up going to Hollywood and always thought I would, you know, maybe meet another band, meet a bass player, meet a drummer again. But that never really happened. But along the way, I got to always keep going with the music. And uh it wasn't though until Nashville uh, this show later in my career that I got to come here to Nashville, and I'm still here, I'm not going anywhere. I love music city, and that playing that character Deacon, opened all these amazing doors for me, the grandest of which was the Opry uh, the grand old Opry there. I recently um found out I'll be doing my one hundred and fifty seventh Appearance on the Grand Ole Opry in March and uh, that I don't take that lightly. My Mm -hmm. father raised me up on country music and raised me knowing how important the Opry was Um, So I I can barely believe it, but it's it's something that I I get to call true
6: as a as a kind of the old-school country music fan That's pretty darn cool 150 appearances on the Grand Ole Opry. That's something to be proud of for sure
0: Absolutely, and do you remember your first time performing on that stage? Oh,
7: absolutely. Yeah. Um, I knew I was there. First of all, the great thing about getting to play that guy, Deacon Claiborne, is Deacon went first on a lot of these things. So I was first on the Opry stage as Deacon. I was first at the Bluebird Cafe as Deacon. I was first on stage at the Ryman Auditorium as Deacon. And then slowly but surely, uh, Charles or Chip got to do these things. So that was always helpful because it meant that I... I got to stand there for a second before the moment came, but it only helps you so much by the time I was literally standing in that circle, um, at the grand Ole Opry, man, I felt every, every bit of it. And, you know, a long time ago, I realized that kind of nervousness, that kind of excitement, I don't run from it anymore. I sort of embrace it because that's why I do what I do. There's, there, you know, there's a whole lot of, things you can go do that you'll never feel excitement and you'll never feel that kind of but those kind of butterflies so I remember being there I remember thinking I wish my dad was still here so he could be here and be a part of this but um, uh, thanks to the kindness of the good people at the opera and their great talent I was surrounded by greatness and so I made it through the night and they just kept asking me and I kept saying yes
6: that's cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah, we, my wife and I not too long ago went down to uh, Nashville and saw. we actually saw like three performers run their um, first appearance at the Opry. And you could tell that they were incredibly moved when they hit the circle. And for, I guess for those who don't know, the circle is the actual part of the wood floor taken from the Ryman and brought to the um uh, grand old opry where the performers actually sing and it's
7: yeah th- those that is the that is the circle that that wood right there was the same those are the same boards that hank williams sang from and yeah. Many pearl and you know yep. on and on and on all the greats yeah uh, and, and
6: you see them you see them tear up with it, the sheer emotion of being at that Position and realize, oh man, I've made it, or you know, I've. This is a dream come true. It's very, very cool. So kudos yeah. for you for 150 appearances. That's amazing. Yeah.
7: yeah, it's interesting. I knew. I wanted to make clear that I knew why I was there. I knew that this side door to this world had opened because of this character, Deacon. And so the first song I sang, I thought it would be rather appropriate. One of the first songs I sang was the great Buck Owens hit, Act Naturally. <laughs> they're going to put me in the movies. They're going to make a big star out of me. I'm going to play a role about a man that's sad and lonely. And all I got to do is act, act naturally. naturally. So Very cool.
6: Be- Very cool.
0: No, and kind of keeping with the music theme here, you also got on March 3rd here in two days, you're launching your
7: uh, debut album. Is that correct? Well, this will be the first single from my debut album. During my 10 years here, I've, I've made a whole lot of music, but they were all in the form of singles. And as a matter of fact, I'll, just to show how much I love this town, I, um, I was surrounded by great writers and great musicians and producers. So I determined at one point to make the most of it, that I was going to put out a brand new single every week for as many weeks as I could. So every Friday and... Um, it turned out I put out 54 consecutive weekly singles. Um, and those are all available for streaming anywhere you get your music. Um, but then later I found out when they, uh, brought me a plaque when i was on the today show that that was a world record it was literally a guinness book world record um and from a kid that had grown up you know always reading the guinness book and wanting to figure out how to get in that guinness book um it was amazing to me that i did it without even trying because i was doing this thing i love so much so in any that event that's the singles now i think it's finally time for the album the album's the more complete picture to me it's almost like a movie. All the different songs would be your scenes and how the songs fit together make this whole and so i was really been wanting to do this for a long time it's finally upon us and the first single's coming out on friday it's called one good move and um it's about how when i was a young man i'm not too unlike many of us i wasn't that smart made a whole bunch of bad decisions but I made one good move, and um, I'm still married to her <laughs> today. That was like, we've been married 31 years, and I look back and I don't know how that uh, young fool I was was smart enough to hang on to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the song's about, and it comes out on Friday.
6: That's really cool, because you're just a couple of years older than I am, and my wife and I hit number 31 this year also. So congratulations on that.
7: Oh, congratulations to you. So, uh, yeah, yeah, go get that and play it for her. This is... This is for everybody's one good move.
6: There you go.
0: I was saying, And is that the kind of overall kind of inspiration for the album in total? Or was there anything else to kind of help put these collections of songs together?
7: Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot more. She's definitely in there and all over it. Um, uh, there's other songs in there that you'll know are about her. But I think that's the great part about doing the album is you want to, to take you on a journey. Uh, sort of like a season of the show or, or that I'm on or, or that Nashville is on. And one of the great things about playing that character, Deacon, is just I got to experience all that he experienced, and, and I got to find out how much that moved other people. You know, basically life, it can be hard. We all know that. If you're going to live a certain amount of time, you're going to find out how hard it can be. So this is what the, the through line of the album is, is love and loss, you know, and, and despair and hope and hanging on through the hard times so that you can get to the good times and um, uh, it's a journey and uh, I hope a lot of people get to take it with me very 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 cool
0: Yeah, and um, so obviously you've got Nashville, you've got Outer Banks, and your music career here, the Guinness Book of World Record holder. Doing it on accident, I think, makes it more impressive because you were just, I'm just doing what I love to do. And then somebody came around and gave me a plaque for it. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Growing up, obviously, in Nashville, having kind of being in that, uh, like, obviously the top, I would assume, country location in the U.S., if not the world, where country stars come out of. Um, is country being your first, um, obviously, passion? When did you kind of get into the acting side of things, and when did you know that you had a talent to make it uh, in Hollywood?
7: Well, actually, um, I'm not from Nashville. I only moved here to do the show. Oh, Nashville. okay. I was I was born in Pittsburgh, uh, but my parents uh, split when I was in about third grade, and my mother moved us to Northern Virginia, right outside of um, DC. And so I grew up in Northern Virginia. Went to school at William and Mary in Williamsburg, where I met my one good move. Um, And not long after that, that's when I went to Hollywood. And it was when I was out there that, you know, I got to do all those roles. Um, But while I was doing all those roles, um, and I mean all those rules. I'm I, I'm older than you. Like you said, I was on Cheers. I was on Murphy Brown. I was on Married with Children and ER and Star Trek: The Next Generation. I was a Klingon, folks. Um, so <laughs> I got to do all that stuff. But always while I was doing it, music was there. And yeah, my dad showed me country music very very early on. But I was also the rock guy. I was Springsteen and Petty and REM and. You know, we played all those bands in our, in my band, police talking heads. And so now I think I'm made up of all those ingredients, you know, all put in a crock pot and just simmering for all these years. And my music reflects all of those things, but definitely with a country heart underneath it all.
0: Yeah. So you can get elements of, yeah, other kind of a blend melting pot of all the, your favorite, you know, acts growing up in, and, and that is showing in your music.
7: Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 That's, I think, why it's taken me so long to do the album, because I think even more than singles, albums are sort of a statement of who you are and what you're about. And while you're growing up, and it took me longer than some to do that, I was always sort of sounding like the others, or trying to in some ways. Like when you're playing a cover of a Springsteen song, especially when you're on Who's Line, and you're doing an improvised song where you're meant to be sounding like Springsteen, you really do try to sound like him. And sometimes I, as an actor, I take those influences really strongly. When I played Buddy Holly for almost two years, I tried to sound as close to Buddy as I could. So I've always been so drawn to that mimicry, not just of how they sound vocally, but how their lyrics and their songs go when I'm writing. Um, So that's good to start out with. But eventually you have to let that sort of just all those ingredients going together to something that's more authentically and truly you and I think that's what I finally come around to with this album so although I'm an older guy it's it's taken a while to go I know who they are who am I and this album is, is a good attempt at that
0: yeah and you, and you kind of mentioned briefly there your writing process when you're sitting down do you have anything that's unique I always love hearing creative people such as yourself whether it's getting ready for a role or trying to write music it's not like you just go okay today. I'm going to write a song and sit down and write a song. Do you have like a specific process? Do you go you know out into a, the country, sit in your car? Like, what's your writing process like?
7: Well, the Nashville writing process is one I've grown to love. I was always on my own for years and years, um, just writing, and um, I realized at the time that I wasn't doing it in a in a purposeful way, and that if you're really a writer,s right, whether it's songs or books or whatever you have to write like consistently and you have to write when you don't feel the muse. You have to sit down at that desk or that wherever you're writing and, and write. One of the great parts about Nashville is the co-write. The co-write is like you and I would say, maybe in this conversation, we say, hey, we got to get together, we got to write one. And then you slowly, you book it and you meet one day and you go in a room and maybe you come to my house, maybe I go to yours, maybe we go to a studio, maybe we go to a log cabin, whatever it is. We walk into that room it can be two of us maybe it's three of us and when we leave there's a song that's a lot more deadline oriented which which I really like and it's feeding off each other but what, what the great part's about that is what I've done for years now that I really love and recommend is when an idea comes don't bank on the fact that you'll remember it i used to do that now i do not waste a second i either get out and write that lyric down generally on my phone, just, I have a memo line called song ideas. Uh, and, and I just mm-hmm. enter like a lyric or a title. Um, and then I also have, that's only half of the song. The other half is the audio part. I'll be driving down the road and the windshield wipers will just be clicking and it'll put a little tune in my head. And so I, I, if you went to my memos, uh, this audio memos on my phone, you would literally see audio memos, memos with titles like Deedle Deedle Don Don. It would literally say <laughs> Deedle Deedle Don Don. You'd go, well, what the heck is that? And then I'd hit play and it would go Deedle Deedle Don Don, don Deedle Deedle Don Don, and whatever it was. That would be just a musical idea. And so between those two things, when you show up for a co-write, it's almost like I, I've never done one. But what I heard uh, a quilting bee would be like those ladies would not show up with nothing. They would show up with patches of fabric from that they had collected. I show up with these lyrics and these song sounds. And uh, we just sit there together and talk and, and find out where we are in our lives and what's going on in our hearts and we were scrolling through our ideas and slowly, but surely these pieces come together. And to me, that's the most just always incredible thing. It's like a magic trick. Um, except, it's funny. Writing is like a magic trick, except magicians know how they do tricks. Sometimes I walk out of room and go, I have no idea how the four of us strangers just wrote one good movie. <laughs> it sounds so great. So I, I, I love it. It's my real passion. If I'm honest.
0: Yeah, no, that, to me, there's, almost nothing more impressive than being able to take just a blank canvas and then put sounds on it to make a song, whether it's a great song or not, like just the ability to compose a three minute song that sounds quality. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know where to start if you put me in front of a computer.
7: Oh yeah. And then, the, but then the real, real spark of all is when that three minute and something song means something to somebody else. When somebody tells you yeah. that, song makes me laugh or that song makes me cry or that song hit me at a moment where i really needed it and you know just that sort of um, universal dynamic if that if you're ever fortunate enough for that to kick in that's the real that's the real gold in, in this treasure hunt yeah
0: and and when you are collaborating with people are there is there anybody that is that you've worked with in the past that stands out as like oh my gosh i can't believe i worked with that person or is there anybody on your list of people that you're hoping to collaborate with in the future
7: um, I've been very, very fortunate being here. I've written with some of the guys um, that have written some of my favorite songs, or have sung some of my favorite songs. Um, one of my favorite songs is "Um, a Boy" that Lee Bryce sings, and uh, I wrote with John Knight. He's a buddy who wrote who wrote that song, and and uh, over the years, the Jeffrey Steele is another uh, guy um, who has had so many great songs like from Rascal Flatts and Montgomery Gentry did What Hurts the Most uh, is a uh, Jeffrey Steele song and I had been a fan of his and actually gone when he came to LA long before I was on Nashville I, I just I didn't know the guy but I heard about these songs he's written so in a weird sense you feel you know the guy's heart and so I said to my wife I think I gotta go watch this guy and he just sat there and he played hit after hit after hit every one of them just getting me right where I live And afterwards I just went up and I just shook his hand and said, thank you for your music. You inspire me as a writer. And then lo and behold, about a couple of six years later, I get to show Nashville and about a year after that, I'm here in town and I end up sitting in a room, writing a song with the great Jeffrey Steele. So, um, I was just grinning from ear to ear and and he's a friend now and it was a joy So that happens more times than I can tell you. I just got to recently right over over right before the lockdown I think uh, a song with the great Keb Moe that he put on his album, Oklahoma And I could not believe I had a Keb Moe cut and then he went and won the Grammy with it So, um, there's there's just dream after dream coming true here in this town
0: So then do you have a Grammy plaque then that hangs on your wall? for that
7: i do not i do not know Uh that it was an album and it was one cut off the album uh that's not quite how it works but uh (laughs) but um i'm grateful anyway
4: so you're a musician and an actor which would you say you're more proud of if either
7: it's funny i don't really um i've never heard it quite phrased that way and as i think about it i i feel more grateful than 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 proud per se i mean I don't really walk around puffed up by either of them. Um, it, in my heart, I'm probably more a musician. And the only reason I say that is because two reasons real quickly. Number one, it's the most purest form of me. Um, acting is so collaborative. I'm saying with something that somebody else wrote and then somebody else directed it and then somebody else dressed me up mm-hmm. and somebody else you know, edits it. Um, with my music, like I said, I sit in that room with somebody or by myself, and I write a song, and I play it on my guitar in front of an audience, and I get that immediate response. It connects or it doesn't. With you know shows like this, it's months and months later, and I'm not with them when they watch it. So yeah, I miss that immediacy. It's a great compliment to each other, but... I kind of prefer that immediacy and that, that very um, clear vision of this is my song and you're listening to it kind of a thing. And then the other thing is with music, it was there first. And if I have my guess, it'll be there last by that. I mean, can I imagine myself someday not acting? Yeah, I can imagine that. I mean, it's a tough town. You might just, not get work anymore who knows or you just might be done but uh can i imagine myself never picking up a guitar and playing or singing no i literally can't imagine that um so i think that's why music might have to be the one that was
4: just takes the edge and being near to my heart it's more about the creative process than the recognition
7: yeah yeah absolutely and for me it's had to been because you know for years and years there was no recognition in the acting Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I was fine with that. It was about the doing and about, you know, I, my, I found my, my joy and my peace and my pride in my family, um, and my faith and all that. So I I never relied on the acting for that. And in terms of music, I'm still in that place. I mean, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of people stream my music, but I'm not on the radio really per se that much. And, you know, it's unlikely any of these will go number one or that Grammy plaque you mentioned would be on the wall. I don't, uh, I don't have expectations for any of that. I know God is good and can do anything, but uh, but I'm not waiting for that. And that's not really part of the bargain for me. It's more, these are things that I get to, these are sides of humanity that I get to convey and communicate and paint with. And that's the part that I love so much.
0: Yeah, and, and we've obviously never met, just talking to you here briefly, you seem like a very humble person and very obviously gracious and thankful. And you say you're not in it for the recognition, but obviously being you know as big a name as you are in Nashville and um, with Outer Banks, is it weird to kind of have to deal with the recognition when you're just trying to go to the grocery store and live you know your normal everyday life? Was there kind of a moment where you had to be okay? I now I have to adjust my to being a quote unquote star.
7: Um, it's to be clear, it's it's not problematic on any level okay. it's um the people the people that come up to me and when they do could not be kinder. very sweet very um always say i hate to do this or something like that yep. generally a lot of most of the time it's for someone else so you're just there having somebody trying to be kind to somebody else that they know is a fan but if it's if it's the other way um yeah i don't know i just never really understood anybody that would sort of try to shut that down or turn away from it. I think it takes more energy to avoid it than it does just to flow with it and know that in these situations, I don't know. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. Life is hard, right? So Mm -hmm. if in this hard life, somebody gets a little joy in seeing the guy from the thing, I'm I'm totally down with that. And, you know, I've gotten real good at the selfie because um i i want i I wanted to just be you know expedited and smooth sometimes i stood for too long with my arm around a very nice woman while her poor husband tried to figure out the camera and then take a picture that was so bad they were going to fight later so i said i'm not (laughs) gonna do it so they don't even realize while we're talking i've got their phone in my hand i've got it on selfie and i answer the questions and we talk for a little bit and they end up with a good picture and we're all on our way so it's 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 clean and painless and and honestly it's it's an honor that that it means anything to anybody and again i know that the way time is and the way fame is there will be a time when it it doesn't and it isn't that much and that'll be fun too
0: yeah no i worked at a i ran a comedy club for many years uh in the past and we would get you know b-list to a-list comedians that would come in and i remember jay farrow was one that stood out as having this, cause he was in his peak SNL days and would have a mm-hmm. long line of fans that I want to take a picture and talk to him. And he would stand outside after the show for an hour, hour and a half, like meeting everybody. And I asked him one day, I was like, yeah, dude, you're like the only person that I've seen take all this time. And he was like, for me, it's, yeah, it's an hour out of my day that I won't get back. But to them, it could potentially mean the world that they got to meet. Their favorite comedian, and so it's always appreciative when you can see celebrities not lose themselves and still appreciate, yeah, these, absolutely, the people that made them famous, people like Man, to well talk that, to my agent, kind, to kind of thing. thing,
7: it sort of radiates from them anyway, so it's nice to hear that,
4: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, um, for Outer Banks, obviously, the main reason that you're on the show is there anything that people should be on the lookout for season three if they're like myself and haven't uh, streamed it on Netflix yet?
7: Well, definitely. That's good. The beauty of um, these shorter seasons, like a 10 show season, we we were when we were in Nashville it was like 22 episodes. So by the time we were in season five, it was hard for me to tell somebody to go go watch 90 episodes. (laughs) But, um, but for you guys, um, it's just, you know, 20 episodes, uh, 21 hours. Uh, Each each episode will have you completely ready to start season three. Um, I can promise. Look, all I can say is this: I think originally people thought we were just going to be this treasure hunt, this uh, Gordon Gold, Gordon um, Golden Gorgeous show for you know young adults to watch treasure hunt. But we came out, if you remember, during the lockdown, and what that meant was. Number one, we were great escapist, you know, viewing for people just mm-hmm. to get out of their own houses and their mind and their imaginations. But on top of that, so many of the kids and the younger adults that were going to watch us. Well, their dad and mom were sitting right with them or maybe aunts and uncles and whoever they were locked down with. And those people said, well, I guess I'll watch a little. And we keep finding out that um, those people ended up being hooked, too. So it's a great journey. Um, it's It's real escapist. And beautiful but meanwhile touching on some of the things we've been talking about about you know um, pain and good choices and bad choices and it's funny as heck sometimes and scary sometimes so it's a real roller coaster and i'm happy to be able to recommend it fully so i hope you guys enjoy it
0: yeah absolutely and so you said it was released obviously during the pandemic were you filming like up like? up to the pandemic or when you were filming season two, for example, did you have to deal with a lot of like the restrictions and changes on set?
7: Oh yeah. We were uh, sort of at the forefront of a lot of those restrictions. We were one of the first shows back for season two and Netflix. I was just amazed and deeply impressed by the amount of thought and the amount of care that went into doing this in the most safe way possible. So many Different things, including the fact that they were like there were different zones, like a green zone where everybody can go, yellow zone only certain folks could go, red zone very only like the actors and the director. And the reason for that is they were trying to make sure that um, any one positive testing, they're trying to limit people that didn't need to be in contact and and therefore exposed. Yeah, um, we're not we didn't we're not in contact, and and they just did such a great job. Um, I mean, it's hard enough to shoot a television show. It's almost like a military, um, uh, expedition without all the bravery and heroism. <laughs> um, so it's just like, I'm saying in terms of organization, yeah. but then with all the restrictions of the pandemic and all that, man, it was like a space program, like a moonshot. So they, uh, I was so proud of our crew and our young cast who were very responsible about the whole thing and made it so that we could get another season out, um, under those restrictions, and and by now it's so great that even with it all opening up again to the world, um, number one, we're we're just really glad that people still want to watch it and they're still hooked. Um, but number two, I was really grateful for all of the young actors on the show. We got a full-on Hollywood premiere with red carpet and everything, and and they finally get to be recognized. They've blown up, gone from not being known at all to uh, you know being super famous, and. Um, it was really nice for them to get that moment in the spotlight. It made me happy for them all.
4: Well, Charles, we've kept you five minutes past uh-huh. your uh, due date here, so it's uh, <laughs> <or> whatever <laughs> well, you want to call it. Call it.
0: it yeah, we, we thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk with us. Uh, can you remind the people where they can find Stream Your Music?
7: Again? absolutely um it'll be dropping friday on any place you stream music just uh, look up charles esten e-s-t-e-n it's called one good move or you can go to all my socials charles esten on instagram um, or, or twitter facebook and um uh, finally charles com. all those places you can get it thanks guys yeah thank, thank you. you
0: thank you for joining us have a great rest of your day
7: Take care, you too. Bye-bye. Well, it's another year. What's
3: new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a
1: way. You bought a DeLorean franchise.
3: Not exactly. Mm. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal.
4: So what's a 1995 Camry worth?
3: Deep sympathy. Mm. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well,
4: I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile
1: powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was?
3: No, it's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer.
1: I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program.
3: Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold forty-five thousand cars last year, and we took back less than a hundred.
1: Amazing upfront pricing, a three hundred fifty thousand mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com.
5: Can I add something? No.
1: Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest?
2: Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries.
1: And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with
2: you. Uh, maybe. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw,
4: and Bryant. So I think that went well. Yeah,
5: it went yeah. pretty well. It's you a good what?
4: thing uh, Officer Dave as a country fan.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so was was, that was helpful. Not,
0: uh, not the expecting biggest country that. fan,
4: no. No, I wasn't expecting that. I was, yeah. I surprise a lot of people. Trust me, Grand Old Opry. <laughs> yeah, that, don't even know what that is. No, and so they took the floor out of another the building. The that... original
6: Grand Old Opry was actually right off of Broadway. Okay. Uh, kind of right out of. I don't know. When, have you been to Nashville recently? Uh, I've not. No. Okay. It's it's anyway. It's pretty close to the Bridgestone Arena. Okay. That's the old Ryman Building where the Grand Old Opry mm-hmm. was. Well, they built a brand new facility that seats hundreds and hundreds of people yep. so they actually took part of the floor and it's probably you know maybe as half again as wide as the table okay in diameter um but that's where the spotlight is that's where the lead guy goes uh, yep. and they actually took the wood out of the floor and brought it over to the new building and put it down. So that's
5: kind of cool. It's, it is yep. really
6: kind of cool. Bring a piece of that history
4: over. Exactly. Yep. Hundreds and hundreds. It's twenty three hundred. Well, that's hundreds. Yeah, and so. yeah that's
0: twenty three hundred. That's 2,300. <laughs> that's, 2300. <laughs> that's a lot of
4: hundreds. A...
0: No. That. Uh, who did you see when you were down there?
6: Oh gosh. Um, I honestly only knew about two or three of the People that were performing. Um, one guy was Mark Wills, and I had to hear his song, his one song that I knew. Direct mm-hmm. before. Oh, I the- know who that guy yeah. is. Okay. And then uh, they had the gentleman is I remember his first name is Waylon, but it isn't, and it wasn't Waylon Jennings because he's been dead for a while. But uh, he played Jerry Lee Lewis in Walk the Line.
0: Okay. And so he was performing down. And there? And he though. was
6: performing down there. And then they had the. Uh, songwriter who actually wrote The Gambler for Kenny Rogers. Oh, okay. So, yeah, okay. It was kind of nice. cool, but it was, you know, I had to like, who are they? Because I'm old school. Anything past, oh, I want to say 2010, I don't really listen to it. Oh, okay. I'm kind of the same you way.
5: Know, so <laughs> it's like...
0: So. The only country name when he was talking about people that he had worked with that I recognized was Lee Bryce. And that was because, so I DJ like events and weddings and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I did a Folds of Honor event at somebody's like mansion in Minnetonka, and they had Lee Bryce performing on this huge stage oh, wow. in their huh. backyard. <laughs> and so like I was like, I have no idea who this guy is, and everybody's like freaking out. And <laughs> then he started playing songs like, okay, yeah, I've heard. I, I've oh, heard he's, that. I've heard Some of that. those songs yeah. that you've heard. But they've had they had like paratroopers coming in from the sky like it was this huge ordeal it was like raining out and he still would like the show went on put on a hell of a show but yeah that's cool
4: yeah i always wonder what it's like to be like you said the songwriter who wrote the gambler Mm -hmm. but obviously when people say the gambler they're not thinking of him right no they
6: think kenny rogers they're thinking Mm -hmm. kenny
4: rogers i always wonder what it's like to be in that position where it's like i wrote this song that literally everybody knows yep. but no one knows it and, and yeah <laughs>
0: like the most recognition you get is like a thank you to the
4: writer and they say your name exactly. on stage at like the yeah. Grammys. no one has no. any idea who you are and yet you're you're a person who shaped the culture of america
5: mm-hmm. It's
4: a very interesting thing if you think about it yeah no it takes a special kind of person because you can't have to
0: be the most selfless person oh ever, god yeah. you can't otherwise you'll go crazy trying to wonder why people
4: don't know who you yep. are yep yep well, it's like Michael Jackson. He didn't write half his songs, even the no. most famous ones. Thriller, he didn't write. No, like there, and I would say most artists,
0: most artists don't, don't write, write their own, their own songs. Own songs. Right. Especially if it's like a pop star, they're more none of them. You no. more selected because of your voice and then your appearance. So yep. They can make you a star, and they find somebody to write songs yep. for
4: you. Or if it's Millie Millie Vanilli, it's just your
5: appearance. <laughs> yes. Too.
0: And, and to like. I think you have to almost have to have a writer because after you're famous, like you don't have necessarily as much like heartbreak and hardship to write about that would inspire that's music. That's true. And so it's true. hard to make a song about how
4: famous you are. And right. Yeah, you're making 50 people. million dollars a year. You get everything you want all the time. It's you know it's difficult <laughs> yep. to experience hardship once you've hit that point. Right. I'm yep. not saying they
0: still obviously can go There's through their own problems, wrong. but yeah, you know, it's
4: not... they can't keep a marriage going for more than five years usually. <laughs> so that's that's hardship. Yeah. No. And well,
0: so my one of my main questions that I wanted to ask because I feel like Tom's listeners would know the answer to this question. So DJing weddings, you'll see a ton of like random weird traditions. Like you play Piano Man at the end of a uh-huh. wedding yeah. everybody pulls their pants down and stands in a circle and rocks back and forth. Ugh. What? Okay. Apparently That's not real. It's, it's 100% real. Oh, Appar- oh my god. Apparently it started at Winona at some bar that played Piano Man every time it closed like 30 years ago and somebody did it as a joke and it caught on and now a bunch of people but the weirdest one I've seen you're familiar with the uh, fishing in the dark song right? so a lady asked me to play the song and I play the song and it starts going like the dun, dun 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 and everybody like vacates the dance floor and grabs a chair and runs back to the dance floor and then when it's like the uh Uh, baby get ready they put the chair on top of their head and they all like dudes are like ramming into each other like one lady's like got the chair dancing holding the baby and then when the chorus is over they put it back down and start slamming the chair like on the ground again to the beat and then do it again for the chorus so, if there are any listeners out here that do this at weddings. I've seen it three times. Why? I've seen it three times. I'm not trying to be racist. It's always white people. <laughs> and nobody I've asked, like, I'll, after the song's over, I'll get on the mic and be like, why do you guys do that? And everybody mm-hmm. just kind of looks like, I don't know, it's just something that's we, how do we it always right? did. It. Oh, and so I it need is. an answer for an origin source. So, if there's anybody that's out there. <laughs> call in please well, yeah, like, why does everyone always do the cha-cha slide you just because mm-hmm. well that's do. at least a choreographed that's dance where they're like alright to the left and they give you the instructions right. this is like why the chair yeah, why the chair exactly.
4: <laughs> why is it on your head one mm-hmm. of our
6: family's traditions is the dem chicken dance
4: yep yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I'm, know that's kind of fallen out of favor recently I think yeah the chicken dance like the electric slide really isn't too no. popular anymore Why now it's the cha-cha slide yeah
0: the cha-cha slide mm-hmm. you get the uh what, Cupid Shuffle? Yep, Cupid Shuffle, around. yep. Yeah, we,
4: the YMCA, you don't see too much anymore. No.
0: And weirdly enough, people love the Cotton Eye Joe song. Yeah.
4: Which I, don't, I can't stand it. I'm like, <laughs> it's just... I, I don't think... I don't, I it's would, not really designed to be good. It's more like it's no, funny. Right. It's ironically good. Yeah. It's like the Star Wars prequels, if we're going to go back <laughs> to those. We're going to make it full circle. Exactly. Full circle Star Wars Cotton prequels. Eye Joe is the Star Wars Episode Two of music. <laughs> No.
6: Oh,
0: man.
4: <laughs> but, no, I can't. Well, Andy, is there anything new in the news that... Uh... Melissa sent me a couple things over. Uh, apparently, the Oscar Mayer mobile had its catalytic converter taken because, you know, of course it did. <laughs> oh, Everything's is. catalytic converter's taken, right. but PETA has offered to pay for the replacement. And you're, you're probably PETA wondering it's the Wienermobile and PETA, but on one condition that it become a vegan hot dog mobile. Oh. Oh my God. I was going to say, Pete is
0: probably the people that stole the catalytic converter. Probably. <laughs> well, it's Meyer. like
4: a catalytic converter. I mean, they're not cheap, obviously, but no. I feel like Oscar Meyer could probably front the money for their uh, their own yeah. catalytic yeah, converter. Yeah, probably. They'll probably
0: have to wait quite a while
4: to get it in because they're very hard to come
0: by right now. But. Well, the
4: Wiener mobiles are based on some, like, 30-, 40-year-old uh, car, too. Yeah,
0: it's
6: just a chassis yeah and then it's they... a
4: plastic shell over a real car yeah. yeah yeah so it's like i don't know i would assume catalytic converters for like you know a 97 chevy whatever the hell are probably pretty <laughs> right.
0: hard to find yeah do they still drive like the Mobile around yeah
4: yeah there's like many, that? Yep. There many of them there's like mm-hmm. six of them or something yep. i've
0: never obviously never seen one in person i haven't either but yeah that would i remember as a kid like it was in all the commercials and yep. that was the big
6: no there was actually one in tempe when the wife and I were down there for a vacation a couple of weeks ago.
4: Was it a very it was, exciting? I didn't get all that excited, no. <laughs> you know, it but it was like, oh, like, They don't, like, give away hot dogs or something. They're not, like, throwing hot dogs like a parade throws candy. No, exactly. So like, then then I'd know. get excited because yeah. it's food. Yeah, exactly. You know, feed me. But feed me, like, Seymour. Yeah, it's just a car with a hot dog on it. I don't know. <laughs> it's, right. What's the big deal? I get
6: more excited seeing a Batmobile drive down the road than I do the Wienermobile. Right. Well, that's,
0: yeah, it's yeah. something unique. You know the Wienermobile. It's like, and it's also like just the oldest form of advertising, and probably the least it's effective. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's heard of it. Everyone has heard. Well, of Well, yeah, everybody's heard of it. Yeah. But it like, yeah, wonder they're not increasing sales because they drove the Wienermobile around no, town. True. Oscar I wonder
4: why your hot dogs are gross. Yeah, and
0: I wonder whose job it is. Like, do they hire somebody specifically to years, drive years, it and
6: years ago? They did a thing on uh, Dad's Morning Show where they'd.
4: Really? Like, give yeah. away a chance to... They, they sent Mike Gelfand to the Wienermobile. Yeah, I remember yep. that. Yep. Of course. Gelfand, yeah. I'm sure, loved that <laughs> shit. Wienermobile drivers are mostly, like, younger. They're, yep. like, kids. They're, yeah. like, like, 18 the to 20. Yep. or something like yeah, yep. that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's, not, I don't, it's not a glamorous job to be a driver, or well-paid, I don't think. Yep. And all you do... It's like being an over-the-road trucker, but not getting paid well. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's... And it's
0: and like at least if you because Red Bull has like cars that yep. they have that look like a can oh, that they drive around, but they'll like go building to building like give out samples yep. and like things well that
5: things makes like sense that. yeah well, exactly yeah you're
4: not giving out free that's hot their little dogs sales car yeah. thing you're yeah not, you're not giving free
5: hot dogs if they <laughs>
4: want to get of the times they got to turn the mobile into a food truck that's yeah that's there what they should do there you go have. and then they can cook hot dogs and sell them yeah oh, see that
6: I'd be followed in Wiener because I,
4: I well, obviously I like to eat so it's like <laughs> I don't I don't think they're that gross but they do make me feel gross after i eat them yeah. Yeah, i suppose i can mm-hmm. see that
0: and yeah and it's just like i think also like, it's a hot dog like yeah. it's just the fact of what a hot dog is isn't necessarily the greatest a little it's hot dogs of the animals a little, yeah. little but, mustard
4: some relish but oh, in the summer
0: yes there is not much better than a hot dog <laughs> I don't
4: know. you think a polish person would say bratwurst or uh you know something like that
6: oh yeah Those two. I mean, obviously, do I look like I'm fussy, Andy? (laughs) Come on.
4: Well, that's true. I don't know. Give me a bratwurst any day. But I'm mostly German, so that's... Oh, there you go. Sauerkraut. Oh, yeah. Bratwurst and sauerkraut. mm, Oh, yeah. My my wife cannot stand sauerkraut. I
0: can't can't do it either. My neighbors growing up, like, loved sauerkraut. Like, I'm talking about five-gallon pails in the house where they would make their own sauerkraut. And I remember the Mm -hmm. first time I went in the house, it just smelled nasty. It smells horrible. I was like... that just turned me off to sauerkraut. Camp. It was
6: so funny because my wife hated sauerkraut for years and years, and then she took a trip to Germany, and now oh, there's sauerkraut. sauerkraut again.
0: Mm-hmm. Is it that noticeably better in Germany? I, have you I ever heard... had? I
4: no? I have oh, not okay. had. The, I'm, I can't sit in a plane for eight hours. Just kind of tastes like <laughs> I don't know, sour lettuce. It's really not. Because what even is sauerkraut? It's, it's rye, cabbage. It's cabbage. It's rime cabbage, okay. cabbage yep. in vinegar, yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. It's like it's pickled cabbage, which that, it okay. doesn't that sound... sense. But it's like, you know, pickles are a pickled cucumber, and they're delicious. Yep. So, hey. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, yeah, really good sauerkraut is really good, but yep. really bad sauerkraut is... It's
6: really bad. Really bad.
4: <laughs> it's one of those things.
6: There's no in-between, really.
4: No, not really. No, I could never. It's just the smell <laughs> for me. Um, But yeah, I don't know what else you guys. Oh, Jeff from Woodbury, the Wiener Mobile gives out Wiener whistles. Wiener whistles. So there you go. I guess there's a reason to be excited. Get that Wiener whistle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah, I think I've seen those before. Let me. uh... I would love to have been in like the
0: meeting. This is essentially just a hot dog shaped whistle.
5: Yes. Yeah.
4: That's exactly what
0: it is. Yeah. No, I would love to have been in like the boardroom meeting where they're like, all right, guys. I know. We need
4: to figure out a marketing we plan. Get the word
0: out. All right, we're gonna have a hot dog car that's gonna hand out whistles. I guess if it works, it works.
4: <laughs> I mean, they must have had like you know, I don't know. Maybe they had like a plastic shell from an event or something, and they were like, you know, I bet this would fit on a car. Yeah. Say, so, hey, have you been watching The Last of Us? I have not watched the show. No. Oh
0: my gosh, you gotta watch the show.
4: I have played the game though.
0: Yeah, the the show is better than the game.
4: You think I'll so? S- I'll say that
0: the game was and the game was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like probably the best video game I've ever played. But the show, yeah. even if you and if, if anybody hasn't played the game you don't have to play the game to enjoy the show but it's phenomenal no so it's basically
4: it's basically like if you took all the cutscenes out of the game yeah. and made them into a tv show yep. so it's not like a continuation no it's, it's kind of like um they made an uncharted movie yeah and that has nothing to do with the games really yeah so
0: like the and the premise for the show is just like for anybody that has not no idea what we're talking about it's on hbo max it's a girl that is in the middle of a zombie apocalypse that is immune to the zombie bite, mm-hmm. and this old man is trying to get her across the country. Old man
6: them. is the Mandalorian. It's it is Pedro. kind of like the Mandalorian, it, 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 actually. It's yeah. Pedro, no, it's Pedro Pascal. Oh,
4: it All actually is? The, yes. Oh, and it's the oh, same okay. kind of thing, where it's that's the him taking... The child. Yep. yep. Yeah. So it's actually it's very similar. Sure. So
0: if you want to see the zombie version of the Mandalorian, <laughs> there you go.
4: Get, zombie HBO Mandalorian. Max. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Uh, it's phenomenal. Have you actually, have you seen the Last of Us? David? I have not watched no. the Last of Us.
4: No. no. I'm. I. I don't know. I don't get into the zombie thing because it's like, well, just what,
0: wait a week and they'll
6: all die off and you'll be fine.
4: What makes the Last of Us zombies interesting is that they're not just like standard zombies. You know, they die and they turn into walking corpses. They're infected with like a sp- Special kind of fungus, like a mushroom, okay. and the mushroom mm. basically takes over their brains and turns them into these like mushroom monster things.
6: So it's kind of like I Am Legend, the zombies. Yeah, yeah. And I am it's, it's a much more okay. I Am
4: Legend. Okay, but it's Got actually you. based on a real mushroom called the cordyceps mushroom. which well, that's in, good. It, which, in ant, <laughs> well, it only affects ants, <laughs> oh, thankfully. <okay. laughs> but when ants um, when ants get infected with this mushroom, for some reason we don't know why. It compels them to climb, like, blades of grass and then, like, try to get eaten by birds because then the birds spread the spores. So it's like the spore mind controls these ants into spreading it. So if this spore ever— if it hit humans, it would ostensibly do kind of something similar. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, ants to human is a pretty big leap, but, right. you know, yeah. theoretically so. it could happen. <laughs> so oh, go oh ahead.
6: no, go ahead. Oh, say, you saw what the ants did in the la- Indiana Jones in the last crusade. I mean.
4: That's true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so if the spores ever mutated into the birds, then we
4: would have mm-hmm.
0: something to worry about. Yeah, exactly. Until then, we we're, we're, should be safe.
4: Until then, we're all right. And actually, cordyceps are delicious. But Like, yeah. like the fungus cordyceps is yeah. delicious you've eaten one you yeah they're a uh they're, they're an edible mushroom oh cool they look they don't look terribly appetizing but... <laughs> morels don't
6: look terribly appetizing Most mushrooms appetizing either, really yeah. but
4: no um
0: i don't know what else should we we got 15 minutes left we got 15, 15 minutes, minutes left i left i've run out of news stories we Run out of not um the I'm trying to think of what else is the NFL combine is going to be your sports fan officer David You know Ball? the
6: funny thing is is I used to be the hugest football fan in the world and basketball all of it, you know, the whole thing. And then when it kind of the culture kind of changed to I'm just going to show you up and everything yeah. I do mm-hmm. and I'm going to do all the little dances and I'm going to mm-hmm. do all the you know, look at me, look at me, more yep. me now. I've really turned off on pretty much all sports, except for hockey. I don't know, because they it's so dang hard to score a goal, I think. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, so they do a little dance, and they all hug, and then they go shake hands, and they get
0: back, get back to playing back. hockey. Yeah, hockey yep.
4: doesn't really have, like, a face-of-the-team kind of situation, usually. Right. I mean, like, Wayne Gretzky is an obvious exception. Right, yeah. Yep. But
0: once you get to that level, it's like you're an all-time great. Like, right, exactly. That's different. But yep. Hockey definitely is more team-based than uh-huh. like, basketball is the worst. Like, I can't stand watching basketball during the regular season. It, it's funny because
6: no. I used to be the hugest Michael Jordan fan. I would watch Everyone every game. Was a Michael I Jordan could fan. watch a Michael Jordan, and when he left, and I think after he, you know, he probably did more trash talking than anybody else, mm-hmm. but he could back it up. Right. All yeah. All the time, and There's, it just.
0: Because there was uh, Shannon Sharp, former football player, now ESPN – or not ESPN, Fox yeah. Sports, like, broadcaster He used.
6: I think he was on ESPN. He still does some ESPN stuff with uh, I think, I think he's Skip Bayless. On, yeah, they're I on Fox think, Sports. Yeah. Oh, That's one now. On, yep, they okay, moved off okay. from
0: ESPN. But he was courtside at a Lakers game. And the team they were playing, one of the players was like talking trash to Shannon Sharp on the sidelines. Oh, I wouldn't
6: mess I and, wouldn't piss Shannon Sharp no, off. No, and,
0: and like there's a clip of Shannon Sharp like essentially standing on the court, having to get pulled away by security, and like the Ooh. players trying to fight him. Like, can we just play oh, the man. basketball game and keep it pushing? Like, Jeez. yeah, no. There's always some sort of drama going on. <laughs> and, but no, but,
6: yeah, I used to be huge, you know, and would watch the draft all. Oh, Listen, everybody boo at Goodell. And...
0: Which I was. why are we booing Roger Goodell? Like, <laughs> he never hurt anybody. Like, right, he's, he's not just the greatest doing his job. Right. Yeah, He's just doing his job. Right, He's got to put up with enough shenanigans. especially exactly. like being in charge of – because essentially he's in charge of 32 billionaires that are yep. all entitled trying to run football mm-hmm. teams. Like, yep. That are in charge envy.
6: of 53 millionaires. Yep. And, yep.
0: Yes. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, I don't envy Roger Goodell no. at all or any – Commissioner. No, no. Like and then you have like Adam Silver who's the commissioner of the NBA
4: that he just is like you guys players do whatever you want I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I think for me it's I mean it's Michael Jordan was obviously not a poorly play, paid man. He no. I'm sure he made quite a bit of money, but by today's standards they're making an obscene amount of money now. Yep, yep. And that kind of makes it less fun to me. Yep. Yeah, it it's less fun because I feel like
0: they they don't really care. Not that they don't care as much, but you don't get those rivalries because everybody's making so much money that yeah, they're like... Yeah,
4: it's like, why do I care? I'm making $20 million a year. What You know, who
0: cares? And, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily that they're overpaid. It's just now that TV contracts and advertising money is so huge. It's all so the advertising. Huge. Like, yep. if you're not going to pay the players, it's just sitting in the owner's pockets. And right. That like, too, yeah. Right.
4: Because they make so much money off of advertising. It's like, well, you're already making... You got a ten million dollar advertising contract. Why should I give you a whole bunch of more money? You already have so much money, you can't even spend it.
0: Yeah, and well, because you hear stories all the time of players that will be like only spending their endorsement money that they get, and they save all of their salary from playing because mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, I'm getting.
6: Paid. Isn't, isn't that what Shaq did? He sh- saved like yeah, and all of his salary money and
0: yeah, he he only got yeah, he only spent like his like shoe deal money and stuff yeah. like that, and that now, well now he owns like. I think he's doing stuff with like the general insurance. He owns mm-hmm. like yep. movie theaters, yep. Papa John's franchise. He's got residuals
4: like... from Shaq Fu, uh, Steel. You know, yeah. Shazam, yep. Shazam. <laughs> Kazam, Kazam. Kazam, Yeah, there we yeah, go. yeah. He's got uh, plenty of money from those <laughs> really great <laughs> and things he, that he was he
6: in. He does. He does it though whole... in a philanthropic,
0: philanthropic. Film
4: yeah, land, something like whatever. yeah. yeah that, gives his money know, away. Big
6: words. Yeah, words are hard. Oh,
0: does he? Yeah,
6: yeah, he, yeah he's. Very, very um community generous. Yeah, generous with his money and time.
0: And like his kids. Well, first of all, they're all huge, like Shaq is, and he uh, like DJs like EDM clubs all the time. You'll see random videos of him in a nightclub just going crazy. (laughs) Weird. He wanted to be a police officer at one point, where I think he was trying to be a detective,
4: and everybody was like, "Shaq, we know it's you. You Yeah, you're not going going to hide from anybody, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're seven foot one. It's (laughs) kind of hard to hide at all. Yep.
6: Yeah. Heck, it's hard enough to hide at six four three hundred. Come on, hard to
0: miss you. You t- The door opens and it was like there's mm-hmm. just a shadow that comes into the room.
1: And we are back with stretches picks.
7: You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah, and uh, I highly recommend betting.
1: Of course, I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So, who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple?
5: None of the above.
1: Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick?
5: I'm
7: going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning.
1: What? It's not a football team.
7: I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up
1: in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit sabreheating.com.
0: But no, yeah, sports is definitely... Not the same. And it's, it's not like it used to be. No, no, there's not those big robbers. And, well, Michael Jordan, what made probably is most impressive about him is, one, he had a huge gambling problem that probably would have derailed most people's mm-hmm. career. And then you hear stories all the time of him going and playing, like, in Boston and then driving in the middle of the night to Atlantic City to yep. go gamble till yep. 8 a.m., hurry up, drive back, and still drop 40 points and make everybody. <laughs> like they don't know what
4: they're and doing. If
6: you can walk the walk, you can talk the yeah, talk absolutely. type of thing.
4: Yep. I thought you were going to say, and two, Space Jam.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Space Jam. Oh, of course. Space yeah. Jam was amazing. Space but Jam. The second... Have you seen the second Space Jam with LeBron James? No, I heard it's not
4: it so good. It yeah. is terrible. Like And
0: I mean, if you watch the old Space Jam, it's not gonna. it doesn't
4: hold up. It's obviously... Well, no, it's not the best movie ever no, made. It's but, just a bunch of like, you know, look at this cartoon kind of thing. It's funny. Yeah. But uh, the second one I've heard, it goes way too hard on the cameos and references. Mm-hmm. It's like nothing but a long series because... Uh, who owns? Is it Warner Brothers? It's yeah, got to be yeah, WB. Yep. So basically, they just crammed every single IP that they own into this movie. Aww. So it's like they'd be talking, and then all of a sudden, like Rick and Morty would just show up out of nowhere. Yeah. And you know, he'd be like, "Wubble a dub dub," and leave. It's like, what the hell was the point of that? Or <laughs> it's like, you know, the first movie, there was plenty of references, obviously, mm-hmm. but they seemed to kind of like have a point because there was fewer of them. Yeah. Wh- back then, it was basically just like Looney Tunes. Yeah. And maybe yep. a couple other things.
0: Yeah. The first one was definitely more subtle with with all of their references and whereas the second one is more in your face and
4: Yeah, which is how things are nowadays. All, all the references to everything. They're always very like this is a reference. <laughs> and you're supposed to like it just because it's a reference.
0: Yep, yeah, where like it's almost like the actor will break character and like look at the camera like, eh. eh? <laughs> uh, you remember <laughs> that See, happening you know,
4: we just did there? I mm. bet you remember that part.
6: No. See, I got to defend my beer again with you. Uh, oh, that's I'm, right. I was, now so that I'm sitting Ham across was, the table from you. I was going to say, I
4: should have brought a hams in here. <laughs> oh, yeah. You should have. Uh, actually, there's a liquor store pretty close to <laughs> here you. Can go pick up some hams, probably. On, on
6: Sunday, the Medina Ballroom had their uh, hams show. There's a mm-hmm. there's actually a hams club. Really? And they Oh, yeah. And these guys are serious. But hams has all this memorabilia from, you know, 100 years of whatever that and while you know wally the beer man yep he actually comes you. to this ham show oh okay there's pictures of him walking around Ham's checking
4: is going to be 160 in two years wow i didn't realize <laughs> so, it was that hey, oh, yeah, it's yeah. been around forever and it st sure has. paul beer
6: and it was always my dad's brand when he was a young man i guess and so now it's kind of become mine for some reason i don't know why but yeah, so I
0: was gonna, I was gonna give you a little
6: grief yeah, on that one for that yeah, one. I don't
0: think they'll let me into the hams <laughs> hams club anytime. I have to all weasel my way in there. So, uh, well, so at, have you been to a hams show? Show? Yes. Like what? What is it? Is it just a party where everybody drinks hams? No,
6: actually it's. <laughs> just,
0: <laughs> let's all drink hams in their room. Well,
6: they do sell yeah, hams yeah. at the Medina Ball, and they bring it in special for this. But um, all the years of. Memorabilia, people collecting the memorabilia mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Literally, the place is about this much room to walk in between tables mm-hmm. of people who have stuff set up, tap handles. And it's not necessarily just hams. Yeah. It's Schlitz, the old Schmidt Brewery, that kind okay. of stuff. Um, but there was a lot of people there. I mean, probably 2,000 people walked through wow. that thing. Yeah,
0: Because obviously, like, people that are collecting, like, when, like, for obviously, like, tap handles that they mm-hmm. use in the 60s, they stopped yep. using it. Come oh, come yeah. Up with noise, they can so be- it's all, like, the different, I'm assuming, like, cans or bottle
4: designs. Yep. And yep. the year they randomly released a whatever collector item. Yep. So here's a good opportunity to uh, talk about the app a little bit. Because we got someone who finally, after it's been a week, I think, a little more than a week, mm-hmm. someone used the contact form on the app. Or possibly the website, it's hard to say, to uh, send in a submission, um, okay. some, a comment. Uh, Paul Robinette saw the Mobile last summer on 35W, and he says, I was super excited to see it. I'm 46. <laughs> <laughs> so all ages. It's awesome. good for all ages. But um, I hope a, we got a wiener whistle. I think a thing that a lot of people don't know about the new app, if you even have the app, it's also on the website TomBernardShow.com. There's a form here. Let me just uh, load up the app so I can tell you exactly what to do because uh, it's a very complex app. There's a lot more going on here. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. I get it up there's here There's right a now. lot going on, to be honest. Um, so if you go into the family section, so on the bottom, there's, like, a little guy with, like, radio waves coming out of him, it looks yeah. like. Mm-hmm. You can go into the oh, family. Oh, Look at that. Yeah, that's, like, the podcasts. So right now it's just the morning show. And it's The Family. Those are the two podcasts on the Tom Bernard Network or whatever. Mm-hmm. If we ever decide to do a third one, which, God forbid, it would, go, it would go there. But, yeah, if if you go to, um, where is it? Oh, the uh, little hamburger menu in the bottom right, it says Feedback. You can send us audio. You can send us an audio recording of yourself. Oh, wow. Or you can send us a photo or a video. Or if you just do quick message, you go to... Um, put the family with Tom Bernard in the two section and whatever you put in there, it'll send uh, me. I read the emails personally. It'll send me a little comment. So uh, whenever we get those, I'll read them on the show.
0: Nice. And also if you register, you can win a thousand dollars,
4: right? Uh, yeah. That's going until God, when is it going until like another couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, if you register and open the app once, at least I think yep. you're you entered into the drawing.
6: Yeah, see, I just actually sent Andy a picture from yeah, a million years ago.
4: Oh, did you? Let's see here. <laughs> it goes to email, so sometimes oh, I have to like, some, you know, yeah, refresh it or it whatever. Take forever. Did you do it to no, the family the, or did you do it to the Tom Brown? I think I did it show? to the family. I think you might have done it. To not the family. Oh, God dang it. Yeah, if you want to send it to me during the afternoon show, you have to pick the family. Okay. Because otherwise it defaults it to, to the, the morning. morning show. Oh, yeah. I see. Yep, exactly. And that goes to Rudy, I think. Maybe Brittany. Okay. One of the two
0: yeah right. yeah, no the app it's super easy to use user-friendly mm-hmm. very self-explanatory you got all of the episodes if you miss one and you want to catch up you can scroll it's through, the like, easiest the way and... to find the old yeah.
4: episodes mm-hmm. but the website is basically the same thing as the app but just on a website yeah. but if you're on a phone you might as well just use the app it's yeah, more right. designed for use on a phone yeah but yeah if you're on if you had a computer just go to the website it's basically the same experience do you like being over in the uh, the separated room now that uh, they've upgraded? Interesting <laughs> that's for sure. I mean it's not that much different really no. the setup the boards the same i'm using the same computer the only thing that's different is the phone. Oh okay.
0: So, so yeah that does look like a new phone. Yeah
4: so. all this crap over here i don't do anything that's <laughs> all
5: <laughs> that's camera.
4: all uh, the uh, morning show morning stuff. Show. Oh charlie and Albuquerque just sent something in from the uh, perfect the app. See, look at that. We got five minutes to kill people. I need all <laughs> all the help we can get. Last time I was in Minnesota, I drove to Wisconsin and saw the Wiener Mobile twice in one day. Wow. Wow. There's that's a lot more Wiener
0: Mobile sightings than I would have anticipated. for
4: Yeah, apparently people the Midwest, I don't know. I guess they see it. I guess if you drive a lot, you're gonna see it. Are there any Oh and uh, Joe oh. specifically said that he wanted people to know that the contest is only for people in Minnesota. So unfortunate, yeah, unfortunately, okay. Joe is not available for that $1,000. And I guess Charlie wouldn't be because Albuquerque is New Mexico, right?
6: Yeah, Charlie. Charlie's from Albuquerque or in Albuquerque. Yeah, but
4: Albuquerque is New Mexico. Yeah, Mexico. New Mexico yeah. Yeah. I knew I should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that. So some one generation... They hear Albuquerque and they think Bugs Bunny. <laughs> My generation, we hear Albuquerque and we think Weird Al. But oh. I'm, you're probably too I, young to. I would say
0: I don't. I'm not familiar with the Weird Al. Like I know who he is, but I'm not sure about the Albuquerque
5: reference. Or just go oh, to YouTube, wow.
4: search search Weird Al Albuquerque. It's uh, <clears throat> it's basically like a long rant that's been kind of made into a song, but oh, not okay. really. It's very it's very like you know '90s, early 2000s kind of humor. Yeah. So. Nicole Lewis, glad we decided to do a show today. Yes. Thank you, Nicole. Lewis. we got 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 positive feedback. We got positive feedback. up, Derek DeHart. I haven't heard from him in a long time. He used to call in all the time. Good show today. Perfect. Wow. That was, I was like...
0: The show is either going to go just fine or it's going to be a disaster, and I'll never yeah, I was, get asked back. I J- was JV which way team it would comes go. through. Like,
4: <laughs> well, and then I saw the guest, and I was like, "So he's on a teen drama kind of thing. What yeah. the hell are we going to do?" But it turned out he was actually on all sorts of stuff. He's a musician. Yeah, you know? I think
0: and that, he was a good interview. Yeah, I think it went good. He had a, he had a lot to say, and he actually like was in like relevant stuff, to, yeah. At least to me, so I think it was he was fun to talk. And he to. he, yeah, he was, was happy to talk about it
4: yeah. about all the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. And he mentioned uh, in the early days, you know, before he got recognition. mm Because the first thing I think this big break was probably The Office, if I had to guess. When was Nashville? Nashville was more definitely more recent. Okay, so yeah, The Office, um, when he was the branch manager at Stanford, that was like probably his first really big role, if I had to guess. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, but back in 96, he was in Star Trek Voyager. So if anyone out there is a big Voyager fan, he was... um, The episode where Bellana, when she goes to sleep, she like has this dream about a Romeo and Juliet kind of situation where Mm -hmm. she is this uh, human-ish girl. And then she's got like, you know, the star-crossed lover and then it turns out they're part of like a civil war and that sort of stuff. I think it's actually one of the better episodes of Voyager, and he played a, played a major part in that. Yeah,
0: because hmm. I think he did like seven episodes on The Office or something like that.
4: Yeah, something like that. There was it was only one season yeah. basically. Yeah, Jim uh, transferred over to Stanford for whatever. Oh, it was because he like Pam was getting married, and he couldn't stand to you know like watch her get oh, married okay. to someone else, so he left. He went over to Stanford. Um, that's where the character Andy Bernard showed up. So <laughs> uh, there you go. That was an interesting year when everyone was like, hey, you're like that guy on The Office. <laughs> but, yeah, he was the branch manager of Stanford. And he had some—one uh, of the funny uh, scenes that he was in was when they were all playing Call of Duty in The Office. Because mm-hmm. remember, like, I don't know if they still do this at like in corporate situations, but they'd have, like, you know— We all got to play a game together to build rapport. Uh, Oh, yeah, like, it's going to
0: tell me what type of person you are. That was, like, a
4: really big thing back then. So, yeah, they were all playing Call of Duty, and um, Jim picks the sniper rifle, and they all, like, started threatening to kill him in real life because (laughs) you don't pick the sniper (laughs) rifle on this map. No, you got to pick the machine gun. You're going to make us lose. Holy crap. Oh, we are getting a whole lot of feedback We're from popular. the app now. Yeah. We're popular. <laughs> no, I, oh, wonder- I finally just got your image. Yeah, so I you finally did sent it a- to the right one. Oh, okay. Oh, you yeah, know. there you go. There's you and Dad. Technology Mr. is hard. Technology is difficult. <laughs> L- Lori Freeman has never seen that damn Wienermobile, and she's 57. There's still time, Lori. So, you'll, get to, yeah. you'll find it someday, Lori. Yeah. One day. Yeah, half the, uh, half of our feedback is about the Wienermobile. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's a big thing in Minnesota. Jessica How? Mueller, you guys did great. Gave thank me something you, to Jessica. listen to on my day off.
0: Well, thank you for spending your day off with yeah.
4: us. Oh, Charlie. Uh, Albuquerque again. There's a weird law in New Mexico where tripping a horse is a misdemeanor, <laughs> but I can see that because if you trip this a horse, rude. That, that can a, hurt somebody. There's a good chance that you're gonna break its leg or something. Yep. So it's, and once a horse's leg is broken, yeah. it's pretty much you know, you Dumb. don't to put it yep. down. Yep. And I yeah, at that point, they probably consider it like animal abuse or animal cruelty, I mean, damage to property, yep. even really. Yep, right? Know, yeah, depending on what horse it is, it would be it would kind of be like slashing their tire, you know. Yep, yeah. it's kind of same thing. But yeah, horses, people don't realize their legs are like just, they're so big that if one of those bones breaks, it basically never heals, right? Right. Yep.
0: And horses are just a weird built animal just so top heavy and like these tiny little legs on this
4: huge powerful
0: mm-hmm. frame like
4: well their what their legs are designed specially so that they can lock so that they can sleep standing up too <laughs> jeez oh really? yeah I, humans we lock
6: our legs we pass out yeah, yeah. We, we either
4: yeah we either pass out or we end up getting like yeah, right. knee damage or something well, well all right i think, I think, we think did. we're i think it's we're done
0: is yeah. There anything in the feedback to send us off? No, nope, no more feedback. Wow. We got all of it. It looks like awesome. Well, cool. We want to thank everybody for sticking with us on this up and down ride and adventure <laughs> that was the yeah, cobbled ch- together Dave experience. Cobbled <laughs> together team. last night. Yeah, yep. Yep. yeah. But uh, yeah, hopefully. Next time that uh, Tom decides to take everybody to uh, Florida and leave us behind, a we can more do of this a again. Heads up, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, a little bit more. But I think it went well. Yeah, it, it
4: did. It was fun. Uh, tomorrow, Thanks Tom's for... not going to be on again, uh, but Jimmy Francis, I believe, is bringing someone in. So uh, cool. And if you listen to the morning show, it'll be Don Shelby. Don Shelby tomorrow yeah, so and I'm, Friday. I'm, we're going to try to get Don to stay after the morning show. I don't know if he can though. Oh, it's, okay. I don't know. If we haven't even really talked to him. I need to. Do you have his number? Me? No, no, I'm not that. Not <laughs> no. Well then, yeah, I guess no. I don't know. You better, you better hit up Dad, I guess, yep. Andy. No, but Dad's not going to be on. No, but he. he's no, But he's uh riding. Uh, it's a small world right now, so. Yeah. You, you think so, he's,
6: You think the plane has landed? No. He, you
4: just. He did the show. But he will be tomorrow. Yeah. You just tell Don that it's part of the deal. He has to stay for. <laughs> stay, <laughs> stay for the what podcast. Yeah. What are paying you for? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we are paying you, I don't actually know. <laughs>
0: But I guess, yeah, that's all we've got for you guys today. Everybody enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and we will see you tomorrow on the family.